previously on Quest Friends Forever. Val has stopped the cart at the entrance to a wooden bridge that crosses over a huge, massive chasm in the earth. This post and the uh, other post on the other side of the bridge have two uh, stone gargoyles sitting at the top of them. And then at the base of these posts, on the ground, you see all kinds of various small trinkets of varying degrees of value and significance. I start immediately picking up more of the trinkets on the ground and putting them into my bag. Down in front of you, onto the bridge, land two stone gargoyles. This creature gets its claws, kind of hooks kind of under where... Val's, quote, shoulders kick to the, quote, arms. He flies 60 feet into the air with Val in his clutches. And he lets go. And Val starts plummeting until they disappear entirely as Val falls into the mist. I would like to turn into a giant spider because I want to jump off and try to get Val. So even though you have Val and they're slowing, Val is going to hit the uh, the bottom. So Val stands up and you can see that there's this big gash in the middle of sort of, I guess, where the chest would be. Oh my God. Are you okay? Oh my goodness. Greetings. Oh dear. No, thank you. You are back on the cart speeding toward the nearest town. Uh, Stephanie and Ellie, you know, just based on this area and the construction of the bridge and roads nearby, that there would be a town nearby, a place for travelers, merchants, and stuff like that to stop just before or after crossing the Hotter Falls Bridge. So you are on your way toward that. Ellie is panically driving the cart, trying to get the horses to go as fast as they can without collapsing from exhaustion. Val lays on their back in the cart, still activated and on, but with a puncture wound in their chest and their speech garbled and distorted. When the cart runs over a rough spot in the road, the wood vibrates violently, causing Val to involuntarily rock back and forth. At one point, a small puff of sparks shoot out from the hole in the processing unit. Oh. Stephanie, what are you doing while Ellie is racing the horses toward this near town? I'm in the back of the cart with Val, trying to see what I can do to help. Or like if, if any parts are falling off or anything, like I'm trying to make sure that they are intact and as stable as possible for this very bumpy road. Jared, what are you doing as this cart is raging toward the nearby town? So... I don't want to, like, be an asshole, but I am taking inventory of the things that I took. Oh, from the bridge? Yes. Okay, so you're, like, opening <laughs> your, your, like, jacket pocket and going through, like, all the gold stuff? Yeah, I'm really just cataloging, like, okay, like, what do I now have? And I'm also yeah. realizing that, like, either way, we would have been attacked probably. So, in, at the end of the day, me taking anything from this bridge is so inconsequential and at the end of the day i am not at fault so with that in mind i am cataloging my new inventory as this bumpy ride continues uh eventually ellie calls back to everyone and she says i see a town up ahead you all look up and see the distant outlines of some simple one and two story buildings a few hundred yards in front of you ellie intentionally veers the cart off the main road and onto a smaller and slightly even rougher path that leads in the direction of whatever town this may be The land around you eventually turns from plains to farmlands. Vegetables grow in far-stretching rows as you pass lines of crops on either side of the path. Windmills lazily rotate in the distance. Livestock grazes in designated fields. And a few young human boys in overalls and straw hats slash away at wheat taller than themselves, with scythes also taller than themselves, and place the hacked grain into large bags they have slung over their shoulders. They glance up at you as you ride by without stopping their work. One boy nods blankly, another turns and spits behind him. 
None of them seem particularly interested in you or the cart. The dirt road leads you to the city limits of a simple and unassuming-looking town about the same size as Remedy. As you get close to the first cluster of homes and buildings, a hand-painted sign welcomes you in big red block letters. Welcome to Noun Town. A good number of people are out walking the streets this morning, it's still morning, headed to various small offices or shops to work or handle their daily chores. A few older folks sit on porches and patios and rocking chairs, or leisurely water the small plants in the windows of their simple homes. You pass one old, be-overalls'd man sitting atop a fence post in front of his home, absentmindedly picking at a banjo and chewing on a large wad of unidentifiable substance while staring up at the clouds. He, nor anyone else here, seems to pay much attention to you as you enter town, as visitors are not uncommon in the city so close to the Hotter Falls Bridge. But, as Val's warped voice continues to emanate from the cart, and a few passers-by get glimpses of the supine robot whose metal exterior brightly reflects the morning sun in multiple directions, some heads start turning. No one looks fearful or fearsome yet, but your arrival seems to be causing a bit of a stir. Where do you go, and what do you do? I think I would try to look for a smith, like a blacksmith or something. Somebody that, like, somebody that works with metal. You are in luck. Because as you pull into the center of town, otherwise known as downtown downtown, uh, you see... Oh let me have this, please. You see uh, a blacksmith shop. You see, or like a, a shop with like the the sign out in front that has like an anvil on it that sig- signifies this is a blacksmith. Okay, um, great. I'm going to get off the cart when we get over there. Um, how heavy is Val? Val would be too heavy for you to lift solo, so Ellie will get down. Okay, and uh, start I think helping Val is you. a two person lift. Val, Val yeah, easy. except for Huge McBig who did it with by himself but uh that's true uh but he's also huge and very big so ellie gets down to help you lift Val. so we go up to the blacksmith and say excuse me uh can you help us we we really need help like right now so you uh enter this blacksmith and you see a uh older dwarf man hammering away he's got like a, a short sword on top of his anvil and he's he's hammering away on the short sword and he hears you come in, and he doesn't look up right away. And he says, Well, just wait your turn there. Hi, I'm sorry. This is a life or death situation. We need help right now. Uh, when you say life or death, he turns, and he sees the two elves holding this metal robot. And he uh, he's surprised by this. He drops his, his big hammer, and he goes, What the heck? And uh, kind of is taken aback and is, <laughs> looks at you quizzically. Where is this blacksmith from? Nowtown. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna look at the at the dwarf the dwarf dude and say, "Our friend here took a bit of a tumble, and I need some help. I need uh, some. Can you help?" He looks at you and then back to Val and then back at you and goes, "That's your friend. That's a person." Yes, their name is Val. And he. He's not sure what to do. He's never, he looks like he's maybe never seen this before, and he looks around his office or his uh, blacksmith. I know. Look, shop. I know how weird this looks. I know how weird this looks. Okay, like you know, elves not really usually cool with like you know metal stuff and the whole thing. But uh, need help. We need help right now. Took a tumble. I don't know what's happening. Um, While you're talking, there's psh, 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 like little sparks just popping off at the complex circuitry that is now exposed because there's a big old hole in the chassis. Do you have a place where we could put them uh, so we can uh, we can start working on them? Um, I'm very nervous. 
he again, he kind of still taken aback by this sight, but he kind of looks around and he he goes to one of his tables that has like a bunch of scrolls on it, a bunch of like blueprints, and he does the cool dramatic clear off with one arm uh, on this table on this workbench, and he goes, "Bring him on over." Okay, uh, we're gonna go and put Val down, and I'm gonna telepathically tell Ellie, "Turn on the charm. Now's the time. I gotta get busy. I gotta work. I I don't. I can't. I can't." What's, uh, uh. Uh, are my tools here? Do I have my tools? And I'm just kind of like frantically saying all of these things in her head because I don't want to freak out in front of anybody, but um, I'm not doing great. So the dwarf uh, helps you put Val on the table and kind of leans over and is like looking at Val and kind of looking in the hole like, what the heck? And Ellie walks over. Hi. Um. Yes. Uh, th- thank you for your your uh, hospitality here. Well, what, what's your name? Where the fuck are my tools? Yeah, she kind of scratches her ear and goes, ah, uh, yeah, sorry, what was your name? And he says, well, I'm Dr. Pizza. Mm-hmm. The town blacksmith. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Nice to meet you. While they're talking, I spread out the tools and I open up the book. Like it's it's a it's a instruction manual and I'm just kind of frantically looking for like, you know, in case of emergency, that sort of thing. Like I'm looking for um, robot first aid. So you remember that DJ told you the book was his uh, journal and his like notes and stuff. So uh, Stephanie, you opened this book and the first few pages are just sketches. It's a few sketches of Val's exterior from different angles. Like DJ was just trying to kind of get a picture of what he had found in the trash can outside of his club when he first found Val. A few pages in, there's a short narrative that he wrote, you know, in a Dear Diary kind of form uh, about the story about how he found Val, which he told you back at Discotech. Uh, so this is all kind of old news. You're skimming through, you're skimming through. And then a few pages in, it starts getting more informative. And as you read this, we have a uh, the, the scene from movies where the black and white picture of DJ kind of appears above your head and you hear the dialogue in his voice. And it's kind of echoey. And it says, It seems like Val's limited vocal expressions are controlled by a small device inside of the memory engram matrix. I tinkered with this to add some new lines and accompanying musical clips as part of their apprenticeship at my club. And when you think about it, aren't all of our own vocal expressions controlled by our own small devices inside our heads? I skip ahead a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Fast forward. I woke up naked outside the castle stables covered in troll juices. Shaking hands with a cactus that I thought was the mayor of the desert. (laughs) That's why a Pop-Tart can be technically considered a ravioli. Uh, Skip forward. (laughs) I'm sorry, is that a fantasy Pop-Tart? No, they're real. This is canon. Pop-Tarts exist. (laughs) Honestly. Pop-Tarts TM exist. Nabisco really, really has has reach. (laughs) That's true. Although, also, the Nabisco tree has elves in it. Ding, ding, Damn. ding. We figured it there out. It is. Damn. Okay. Wow. Finally, you return to the useful information after a few diatribes that explain how to perform repairs on Val's processing unit, as well as how to fix up some external damage. According to this journal, it seems Val once fell off the balcony at Discotheque while swept up in an epic bass drop and needed similar repairs. <laughs> Cute. That's how you know Val has street cred. Jared, are you are you just walking in with him? Or are you doing something else outside still? I, I no, I came. I walked inside as well, and I've kind of just been watching everything unfold. I've been noticing some of the storefronts on the way in, and have been calculating something, but um, nothing has come to fruition, and I'm not ready to act yet. So I'm going to just blend into the background and just watch what happens. Okay. <laughs> so teaser. 
Okay, well, I am going to roll up my sleeves. Uh, I'm assuming this whole time Ellie is just putting on the charm like she does. Um, yeah, it comes, we cut back to Ellie, and she's like, and then we came over the bridge, and then we sped right here. Excuse me. Um, I is is it okay if I work here? I need to I need to work here now, and I and I might need your help. Do you understand any of this? I mean, I understand some of it, but and I show uh, I show Doctor Pizza the diagram. He kind of comes over and squints at the journal, and he nods and he rolls up his sleeves and goes, "I think I can help you out. I, I would love I would love to know what's happening with this uh, this here metal friend you got. I I never seen one of these before. Me neither. Let's go. Okay, and we start working. And then cut to the montage, right? And then there is a montage of like a, like a surgery montage of like yeah. Stephanie getting in there with tools and like Ellie dabbing her forehead with a cloth, you know. Uh, <laughs> and then Jared is just waiting by this uh, by the vending machine, uh, just chilling, reading a magazine. Jared is pacing back and forth and biting his nails nervously. I was going to say, uh, I'm leaning against the vending machine with one foot on it and my arms crossed, pretending not to care, but casually glancing over nervously. So uh, it takes a few hours. A few hours go by. But eventually, by the evening... Val is patched up, and Stephanie, as you were uh, poking around in, in the interiors, trying to put out some of the some of the damage in there and some of the spark and stuff, you repaired a few. Um, you some of the inner parts were a little bit damaged that you kind of tuned up and twisted and kind of uh, resoldered and stuff. There were some copper contacts, mm-hmm. sort of like the ends of a cable, yeah, that were a bit messed up. There was a circuit board that needed to be. Uh, piece back together with some adhesive there was also something that looked was there a joint in there that was accidentally left there by dj no that that went up there what you can see it went up in smoke yeah you can tell that there was clearly a place where dj put his weed in there but it all went up in smoke during the uh, attack on the bridge Mm, okay his his emergency stash inside of there's 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 electrical burn marks there's also, so also smell basically like resin that's just sort of caked on on the inside. It's kind of so gross. The inside of Val smells like weed a little bit? Yeah. Great. Yeah, basically. Val's a pipe. The smoke that was coming from <laughs> Val earlier was not like smoke because of the fire or something. Like It was just the weed uh, residue being burned. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why Jared was so calm when we were like driving to the town? He just like it's got actually, a contact high because he was down. That's actually he was why downwind. you were able to piece Val back together without panicking so much this time that you didn't realize <laughs> it. But everybody that's in this blacksmith shop now is a little baked, not a bunch, not like noticeably, but like. But they're definitely round table pizza, tank home, half baked pizza. It's true. <laughs> Doctor sure. Pizza says, "I feel a little tingly." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so it is now the evening. Val seems patched up. Val, do you turn right back on right away, or how do you make your comeback, Val? Do we have to press a button? Well, okay, so Val is just laying there on their back on this table, lifeless and still, but from all appearances, whole and completely put back together again. As earlier, when you were still sort of working on some of the bent electrical contacts and circuit boards on in the interior of the chassis the glass dome that's where val's head would be this whole time that you've known val it's sort of like an orange tint to it that's sort of like orange glass but uh 
you notice when you were kind of tapping some tools against some electrical contacts, you kind of see that the color of the glass dome itself looks like it was changing, but it was only for a brief second. And you're like, did that just happen? Or is that my imagination because I've been working on this thing all day and I'm tired and I need to rest. And so you just never really gave it, a, never gave it another thought. But right now, Val is laying there on their back and everything is patched up, but nothing's happening except for you notice on the top left of where the chest would be, just above where DJ kind of crudely installed a subwoofer, but there is a blinking light that looks like it could possibly be a button. Okay, I'm going to look around at everybody. I think we're good. You ready? You've been doing this so long that Ellie has gone out and gotten food and now is back with like, <laughs> so there's like a, a spread of food on one of the other table that Ellie and Jared and Dr. Pizza are kind of picking at while you're finishing up. Okay, here goes. Ellie says, I'm ready! Because her mouth's got nachos in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, okay. uh. And power. Val is now powering up and you can tell that this is not Val yet, but this, the machine that is Val is slowly turning on. You hear clicking noises inside. You can see little twitches as if little servo motors and uh, what's it's and widgets and, and all these little mechanical components inside are sort of doing a self-diagnostic. You see sort of the legs kind of tremble a little bit. You see the arms move up and then back down again. You see the claws that are Val's hands rotate from one extreme to the other extreme. So it's doing sort of like a self-test. Basically like a printer when you first turn on, on, a, on a shitty desktop printer and it, you have to wait for 15 minutes to print something. That's what Val is doing right now. And then after a while, you hear a big loud thunk. While all that's happening, I go grab food and just like nervously like watch what's happening. You're now across the room eating the nachos? Yeah. Staring like... Just not blinking, just like intently looking while this is happening. Because I mean, after five minutes, if this is going to take 15 minutes, then I'm just going to go over there and grab some food, but watch you. Okay. Ellie uh, pats you on the back, Stephanie, as you come over and says, you did a good job. So then suddenly the clicking stops and there's a very obvious silent moment that wasn't there before. You can't even really hear anything outside in the street, in the town. And then you see Val slowly sit up from laying down on the table and Val's shoulders slowly turn clockwise or counterclockwise, whichever way it's facing towards you because Val doesn't have a face to turn to you but Val has shoulders so the chassis will turn towards you so it's like looking at you now and then you hear thank you for your assistance you've been a great help I drop my food and I go uh hug Val and say are you okay hello 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 how can I help you today Ellie turns to Jared and says I don't think they ever said that one before yeah I think this is a new season <laughs> I think we got upgrades. <laughs> Stephanie starts tearing up, but like turns away from everybody so they can't see and just kind of like tries to hide it a little bit, but like, so you're okay. You're back? So, as everyone's intently staring at Val, Val's glass dome flickers in a different color again and then goes back to orange. And then you see. Hello. Hello. 
hello, hello, hello. And then Val hello. twitches a little bit. And this orange glass dome flickers from orange to red and back. But almost like in a split second. Like almost as if, you know, clearly there's something a little bit wrong. But then it goes to green. Hello. How can I help you today? And then from there, it goes back to orange. And so Val kind of stands up, stands on the ground, gets off the table and standing on the ground and faces everybody. And then a little small twitch, the shoulders kind of twitch a little bit. And then the glass dome goes completely red. Uh-oh, something doesn't feel right. Damage detected to cyanic neural core processor. Oh my god! Self-destruct sequence initiated. Oh no! What? No, hit it! Somebody, somebody, oh hit it! Tarnation! Initiating forced reboot of critical systems. Just a sec. What in the Sam hell? Uh, and then when that happens, Val falls completely backwards, plap, and is now laying on the ground. Fuck. Jesus. I, I kneel down at Val with um, the most confused and concerned look on my face and just kind of like nudge them. Nothing happens. Val's not moving. But then that little blinking light on the top left shoulder of Val's chassis, or the top left chest of Val's chassis is blinking again. I grab a handful of the nachos from the table and walk them over to Val and attempt (laughs) to put the nachos, I guess, on Val, hoping to help with a snack. (laughs) Dr. Pizza, who has uh, nacho cheese in his mustache and beard, is like, did your little friend almost blow up my shop? What was... What was that? No, no, I, I, I didn't hear that. Did you guys hear that? Hold on. And I press the button again. More clicks, more things moving back and forth. But it doesn't take nearly as long this time. It's only 20 seconds worth of clicking and clang, clang, clank. And the parts moving this way and that way. And then suddenly the whole thing jolts. Val's entire chassis, entire body just jolts. And then Val calmly stands up and tilts backward as if to look up at Stephanie. Outreaches their arms like a little kid would want a big hug and says thank you for your assistance you've been a great help and then goes in to give stephanie a big hug Aww, val who's now covered in nachos by the way yeah yes <laughs> so I... the, the the front of val is now pressing up against stephanie and in between them is sandwiched nacho mess i mean in times of crisis honestly any action is good I don't know. Anything anything can happen. Who knows? <laughs> um, uh, Stephanie accepts the hug and just kind of like looks down at Val and says, are you okay, buddy? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, sure no. thing. Sure Wait. thing. You're giving me mixed signals here. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm going to take that as a yes because I need a win right now. So sure thing. Thank okay. you for your assistance. You've been a great help. And then Val turns to Dr. Pizza, who Val's never met before, and... Greetings. I am a Varian's Alpha Psionic Altonian Lexotransceiver Unit, well, model number that? XFCED001, but you can call me Val for short. It's okay, great to fine. meet you. Well, it's great to meet you too, Val. Uh, I, I guess thanks for not blowing up my shop. Sure thing. Dr. Pizza looks around at the four of you. Where did you find this this person? Did you all did y'all build this? No. Oh dear. No, thank you. We um we met in a town called Remedy for Oh the, sure, I know Remedy. For the feast of harvest or Harvest Tide, sure. Yeah, yeah, that, that one. No, just this um, weekend. 
Uh, Ali, take over. Uh, yeah, and so uh, yeah, we made we made friends there, and um, now we're just uh, traveling the road. <laughs> and she kind of looks at Stephanie, like unsure of how much of their situation to reveal to this blacksmith named Doctor Pizza. And she's kind of looking at you for like instruction of what to do next. Uh, uh, I, I I interject and I ask Doctor Pizza, "Hey, you weren't there by chance last weekend, were you? Where is that remedy? Yeah, no, no, I was here. I was here in downtown." Oh. Okay, well, good, because definitely nothing happened, and there's nothing to be uh, scared of in uh, conjunction with the nothingness that occurred. Well, that's great. I love not being scared. Me too. High five. He puts his hand up. <laughs> Val runs over and uh, hits his hand kind of hard, probably Ow! too hard, and then uh, tilts backwards as if to look up now at Dr. Pizza. Now they're the says, same. How can I help you today? And starts cleaning stuff up and starts putting stuff back onto the table. That was clearly uh, very cool, like, swifted off with one arm. And so Val is now cleaning up Dr. Pizza's shop. Well, heck, that's handy. Just then, there is a uh, knock on the now-closed door of Dr. Pizza's blacksmith shop. And Dr. Pizza turns and looks at you guys and says, it's, You got somebody else with you? Not us. All right. Well, it's after hours, but uh, come in. I suppose. The door opens and in strides a human man. He is older, maybe in his 60s, you would guess. He is uh, portly. He's got a big old beer belly. He's wearing a white suit, a white 10-gallon hat, white suspenders. He has a white mustache with white eyebrows, but he's wearing black cowboy boots. And he strolls in to Dr. Pizza's, kind of acting like he owns the place. With his guy, he's got the suspender straps in between his fingers and thumbs. He's holding his hands up. And he goes, Well, Pizza, you got some visitors, I see, huh? And Dr. Pizza says, Yeah, these folks just came in to fix their little uh, metal friend here. This man says, Metal friend, how interesting. And he kind of strolls over to Val and says, This is, this a person? Ouch. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant no offense. <laughs> Oh, dear. No, thank you. And then Val uh, right away kind of turns backwards and runs behind Stephanie and kind of hides behind her like a little kid. No reason to be afraid, my little friend. And he holds out his hand, not really to anybody in particular, just kind of at you all, and says, I am the mayor of downtown. Welcome to my fine city. My name is Cadillac Margarita. Incredible. He just has his hand kind of extended out to the whole group, and he's just kind of waiting. Um... So Ellie, Ellie kind of looks over at Stephanie real quick and then steps forward and goes, Hi, um, I'm Ellie, and this is Val and Stephanie and Jared and uh, Dr. Pizza. <laughs> you know him probably. <laughs> um, yeah, we were uh, just passing through and had to fix up our friend here. Um, so uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for your hospitality, I guess. And he says, Well, think nothing of it, young lady. It's my, my pleasure to host you in my fine city. In fact, we have a lot of, we get a lot of out-of-towners here. We're used to accommodating. Why don't y'all uh, stay at the inn for the night? You know, it seems like you've had a bit of a, a bit of a time here in the shop, and I offer you some rooms at the inn to cast away your troubles. I kind of aside to the group uh, and whisper without uh, this person hearing me. Oh, this guy's a grifter. He's a thief. This is not free. He's trying to steal from us. Oh dear. No, thank you. And then I turn to Cadillac Margarita. I say, uh, Mr. Margarita, 
That sounds swell and dandy, all things considered. Excellent. Um, you could bring your things upstairs right away. Fantastic. And uh, what is this going to cost us? Cost you? No, no, no. You've had a hard day, it seems like. A lot, a lot of worried faces here in this shop. Mm-hmm. And he turns to Pizza. Pizza, were they worried? And Dr. Pizza says, yeah, they seem pretty worried. And see, you seemed worried. Why don't we just go upstairs at the inn, put you up for the night? It'll be a good time. You know, you can spend the rest of the day tomorrow here in downtown. Have a good old time. I just have one follow-up question. Absolutely. Do the doors in this building lock? In the inn? Yes. Well, of course they do. Oh, well, great. We offer the finest amenities and the finest privacy to our guests. Val walks forward and puts up one hand to shake Mr. Margarita's hand and says, Greetings. I am a Varian Alpha Psionic Altonian Lexo Transceiver Unit, model well, number XFCED001, but you can call me. So when Val's finishing up talking, Val's hand is going to shake Mr. Is it Mr. Cadillac or Mr. Margarita? His name is Cadillac Margarita. So Mr. Margarita's hand. I guess I could just call him Cadillac Margarita because fuck the respect of saying Mr. And shakes Mr. Margarita's hand, whatever, but squeezes slowly more and more and more and more until the point where Val's probably hurting this guy. He's trying to keep a a calm face, trying to have this kind of trying to dominate the room a little bit, kind of have this presence. But you see his uh, his face go kind of red as he's kind of like focusing, and he's like, "Well, how how about that, huh? Yeah." And he's trying to squeeze back, but it it's not doing anything to you. Val kind of pulls him in a little bit and says, "Don't worry, you can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable." <laughs> Ooh, I love this intimidation. Still gripping very hard, and trust me, he does not have the strength to get out of Val's grip. This is like a fucking war bot grabbing onto this poor man's hand. I'm going to um, go up to Val and put my hands on their shoulders and kind of like, you know, try to pull them a little bit away, right? We would love to take you up on the offer. Thank you so much. We have had a very long ride and our friend here um, was not in great shape. Um, We are all incredibly Uh exhausted. There seems to be some trouble with my memory and gram matrix. Diagnostic protocol. Just a sec. And see what I mean? then grips extra hard on this poor man's hand. Oh, my God. He tries to pull back. He goes, oh, oh, dear. Does it break? Uh, yeah, he he uh, you hear kind of a crunch as you squeeze harder. And then when that happens is when Val lets go and says, ouch. He pulls his hand back and kind of holds it to his chest. And he looks down and uh, one of his fingers looks pretty uh, kind of maybe bent a little crooked. And he goes, well, seems like we're seems like we're getting a little carried away. And then Val steps like <laughs> takes a small baby step towards him, not really moving towards him, towards him, but just sort of like a single step to the point where he's going to want to back up. He and does just and then how can I help you today? Well, uh, you can help me by by going up to your rooms. I'm going to help myself by uh, seeing a doctor real quick for my my new recent hand injury, but. I insist you are still welcome here, despite this crossroads we seem to find ourselves at in this moment. But, you know, uh, it takes all kinds of folks, as they say. Sure thing. Ellie, Ellie, apologize. Ellie, do something. Say we're sorry. 
Oh, oh no, uh, Val just gets kind of uh, carried away sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, uh, why, don't, why don't I walk you to the doctor and I can just uh, talk to you a little bit about your town? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> um, while my friends take their stuff upstairs. Well, you know what? I would love some company. Thank you so much. And I will be seeing you folks around downtown tomorrow. Val's hand goes up and you hear Val say, So long. Ha I look down at Val and I'm just like, How many more of those you got there? Sure thing. Okay. Has <laughs> has Mr. Cadillac Margarita left the building? Yeah, him and Ellie walk out the door. Okay, I immediately turn to the rest of the group and I say, I do not trust this person. They're lying. They're a thief. They're trying to steal all of our things. Dr. Pizza is still standing there and he's like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, Dr. Pizza, <laughs> you're still here. Um, No, that was, oh, yeah. No, one, that's like actually so sick that you're like still here and that I definitely remember that you were here. That's honestly like really cool of uh, both you and me. Um, I just went to the bathroom real quick. You forgot about me? Oh, no, no, I knew you were here. That's honestly just like a little inside joke that me and my friends have. Um, oh. It's just a really funny thing about like, uh, distrust that like something that happened it's a really long story that I don't want to get into but um, he, no, he does it whenever we meet new people yeah whenever we meet new people it's very much a, 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 a just he like actually a, a means fu- the exact opposite it's a it's a whole thing you know yeah, we've been together yeah. a long time oh yeah like how bad means good sometimes yeah, yeah. I see how that could be confusing um, mm-hmm. but you know mm. sometimes sometimes we, we just you know we're a sarcastic bunch right Oh, the, the the most sarcastic. Uh, oftentimes, you young folks, uh, I can be us. like that. Sometimes, I, I I get it. I get it. I'm I'm cool too. You know, I'm I'm hip. I can be uh-huh. hip with it. Val oh, yeah. steps forward. Val steps clear right right in front of him. And says, I'm afraid that information is not available at the moment. See, uh, that's I'm sure that's another one of your jokes. I yeah, I get it. Ha, good one. You, you sure got old Doctor Pizza? Sure thing. Why don't you guys go settle or go do um, take the stuff to the rooms and I'll meet you guys in just a sec. Okie doke. Sure thing. So the the inn is the the next it's next door. It's the the downtown inn. So it's got uh, three floors. It's, it's wooden. So this place is kind of like an old west town. Everything's kind of like wooden, very saloon-esque. Gotcha. Um, it's three stories, though. So honestly, that's literally exactly what I was picturing. Oh, good. I did a good job. So yeah, you 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 walk into the the inn with some of the stuff, and the 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 barkeep who's uh, just wiping the glass continuously tells you that Cadillac Margarita already came by and said you got uh, there's two rooms upstairs for the four of you. Okay. Are they adjoining? Uh, no, they don't have adjoining rooms here. It's not Shit's yeah. Creek. Okay, so we go upstairs. Okay. So right. yeah, should I, ins- watching- should, should, should I inspect the room? It's fine. So no, you, you so go inspect the entire room. And you go in and That's it's fine. Okay, Except yeah. for the secret dungeon you find. No. Um, so Stephanie The bartender's and... a robot. <laughs> oh, shit. It's Westworld. <laughs> Stephanie and Ellie take uh, room seven. And then Jared and Val take room eight. Sorry, that's just the way it shakes out. Um, no, it's actually kind of rude of, of Jared to do that because Jared now gets the whole room to himself. Val is just going to go stand in the closet with the door closed. I mean, don't tell them <laughs> that. Let me just live. I love it. Ellie looks tired. And as you all are kind of moving the stuff upstairs, Ellie turns to Stephanie and she's like, I'm actually kind of looking forward to sleeping in a real bed, you know, uh, and one that isn't, uh, you know, kind of sad like we did in Remedy. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of actually, this will be kind of nice for me. Uh, yeah, same. This will be good. This will be good. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it'll all be fine tomorrow. We'll get back on the road with no hiccups. Yeah. Hello, everyone out there in Quest Friends Forever Land. This is Danny, your DM, coming at you with the mid-episode hello that surely this is a segment you have grown to love over the past seven episodes, undoubtedly. Um, this might be an interesting auditory experience over the next few minutes because I have caught a cold since we recorded this episode, as you might be able to tell from my voice. And also there's a bunch of construction happening on my street. Oh, there's some of it. Maybe you heard it. Um, so yeah, let's just try to get through this and get back to the uh, good quality content. As always, I just want to start by saying thank you so much for listening. We are honored that you have welcomed us into your podcast family. We know you have lots of podcasts to choose from, probably too many, if we're being honest. Like, there's just a lot of them. But anyway, it means a lot to us that you are sharing this with us. And yeah, you're awesome. And you know what? Keep being awesome. And we'll keep trying to do the same for you. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you to follow us on various social media platforms such as YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram. We will be posting some neato stuff there from time to time, as well as updates and episode art and other kinds of arts and all kinds of fun stuff that hopefully you will enjoy. So make sure you do that. Also, if you have not done so already, if you have the goodness in your heart and the time to leave us a review on your podcast app of choice and perhaps a five-star rating, maybe, if you're feeling that. Um, that would help us quite a bit to kind of spread the word about our podcast and get us a little bit more exposure and get more people involved in the Quest Friends family. And who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want, you know, a big old happy family? We'll be coming over for Christmas. We hope you are preparing extra plates for us because we will be very, very hungry. We also want to point you in the direction of the Nostalgia Network. That is the podcast network that we are a part of. I also wanted to mention something that I have been forgetting to mention, that the music for our podcast, the opening theme and the closing theme, uh, is done by our own Eric Lefebri, and all the episode art that you see on your podcast app of choice for each episode is done by our own David Tercero, aka Val. It's pretty awesome to work with people who are actually creative and can do stuff like that. It makes me pretty jealous, but also pretty grateful, and you know, get yourself one of those if you can, I guess. I don't know. Let's get back to the episode. I need to take some medicine or drink some water or lay down or something, but uh, I'm out of here and here's the rest of the episode. Have a good time with it. We'll see you in two weeks. It is now the next morning in downtown. Jared is up early and Jared is, well, Jared, what are you doing? Go ahead and describe it to our listeners. Um, How early is it? What's early for Jared? Uh, early for Jared is 5.30 a.m. That's quite early for everyone. Yeah. I, I mean, these, these schemes don't scheme themselves. Gotta, gotta really do it early. So it's 6 a.m. by the time you hit the streets. So okay. the, the sun is starting to rise. How big is this town? About 500 people, but the size of Remedy. 500 people. Okay. Um, so I just start wandering east. Okay looking for any sort of uh of note buildings or shops that i could possibly uh go into once they're opened do i see anything cool uh sure there's uh there's an antique shop okay uh it's called pebbles antiques uh you see through the window there's some like some like some furniture some chairs and some tables 
But then in the center of the store, there is a glass case that it has a lock on it. Um, and you see some like jewelry and stuff in there. Perfect. I'm going to go directly into that antique store and I'm going to walk directly to that case. Uh, it's it's closed and locked. Do you want to try to sneak in? I break the windows. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to sneak in. Okay. Uh, so yeah, 6 a.m. The sun's coming up. You uh, you glance around and you don't see anybody on the streets, but it is not completely dark. So are you trying to do this very stealthily? So I'm trying to be sneaky. Um, obviously not really making much sound. So I walk, I'm strolling along like the, what would be the sidewalk. Um, I guess w- this would be a boardwalk. Yeah. Um, alongside, and I stop and I, I just like do sort of like the look in the window glance on the front door. And then I do sort of a double take, left, right. Do I see anybody? I don't see anybody. Nobody's there. Okay. I pull out my magic lock pick and I use it on the front door. Okay. Roll a, a sleight of hand check. 15 plus four, I got 19. Wow. You pop this lock right open and the door to the store, the wooden door uh, opens for you and you Perfect. have access now. Okay. I'm looking around the store and I notice a gorgeous jewelry set in a locked case i approach the case it is also locked oh amazing i'm gonna use it again okay roll again to open this case 16 the lock also pops open (gasps) perfect uh can you describe the jewels that are in the case i would start to but as you open this case and try to start reaching into it you hear a voice from your uh from behind you who says what are you doing uh, I, uh-oh, I turn around and I say, oh my God, thank God you're here. Uh, you see it's a, it's a human woman. She's in her maybe early sixties, a little bit old. She's wearing a, a pink dress with a white apron. She's got some frizzy white hair and she's got uh, big glasses. I was out for a morning run and I heard a small child inside this store and the door was locked, and I looked in, and I couldn't see them, but I could hear them screaming. And I knew that nobody would be here for hours. So I I had to do what I could to help this kid. And as soon as I got in here, uh, I'm looking around, and I noticed a couple things were broken. And this door, the door was also broken to this case. You heard a kid inside my store? I did, yeah. Well, where's the kid? I don't know. I just, I, I got here as soon as you did. Well, I've, I've been here for an hour already. Oh, did you not see the kid? I didn't see no kid. Do you have children? Not anymore. Oh, that's sad. Oof. No, they just moved away. Oh. And that it's Oh, <laughs> that's less sad. Um <laughs> Well, I I I'm just as confused what's, as you what's are. What's your name? What are you what are you where are you from? You're not from around here. I'm actually not. No, I'm just visiting. I'm here on hero business. Hero business? Yes. Uh, so I am recruited by uh, the local fair uh, to investigate and or aid in any sort of heroic endeavors. Which, which that's is a why thing, that's a real thing is, in fantasy world, right? Which, which is which is why I heard a small child crying. Of course, I have to come to their aid. Oh well, shoot. Okay, hang, hang on, hang on. Let me get, let me get some help for the kid. And she she runs and she opens the door and she goes, deputy, and. She closes the door, and this uh, another human wearing uh, like a a black polo shirt with like a embroidered star on it. Not a not an actual badge; it's just embroidered into the shirt. Walks in, and he goes, "What is it, Pebble?" <laughs> I mean, it's Pebbles. It's Pebble Star. So, 
De- Deputy Hatchback, this this hero man here says that uh, there's a lost boy in my store. And apparently he was looking for him in the jewelry cabinet. And Deputy Hatchback says, in the jewelry cabinet? Well, let me clarify. Mm. I I noticed that this was open, and I assumed that a kid was trying to open it, and I figured that they would be here, but I've yet to find that kid. And you thought they were in the jewelry cabinet? I thought they were trying to break into the jewelry cabinet. What's your name, hero? I don't consider myself a hero. I consider myself an aide to heroes, which is why I am currently in town on hero business. With that said, deputy, where were you? If you're so, if you're within earshot, how were you not here to help this child? I didn't hear nothing. I did my patrols. I didn't hear nothing. Well, better get some better ears because uh, are, are you insulting the deputy? You know what? This morning I am. Yes. Well, I don't take kindly to being insulted by no outside city man. And just then, as he starts to walk toward you to kind of get in your face a little bit, uh, from behind him, again at the front door, you hear, and scene. And Pebble and Deputy Hatchback <laughs> both turn around. And now in the doorway, leaning against the door with his arms folded and a stern look on his face, is a drow elf, which is like a, a dark elf. This dark elf has a brown suit a brown cowboy hat, and a thick black mustache. And he says, What are you all doing talking to my actor? Ooh. Well, now hang on. This this fella here said he was in a hero guild. And the drow steps forward and says, I sent this man here through research for a play I am writing. Have you never heard of method acting? I am insulted by your ignorance. Well, now, now hang on, Talon. I don't know. No, you do not refer to me by my name. You refer to me as my last name, Mr. Lighthouse. <laughs> and you will respect me when I tell you that this actor here is working for me. And you will leave him alone, or else I will pursue you to the fullest extent of the law. Do you understand? Um, shit, all, all right. Um, why don't you all just get out of here? How, how's that sound? Yes, I think that would be well. And uh, this elf in the, sorry, drow in the brown suit looks at you, Jared, and just holds up a finger and does the come hither. <laughs> to you. Okay, I walk over to him. And he uh, opens the door and takes you outside. And as soon as you get out the door, he turns with, to look at you dramatically with a very stern look on his face. And he says, what do you think you are doing? Uh, something that requires none of your help. <laughs> the laugh wasn't included. That laugh was my, <laughs> my own anxious laughter. That's not character. Thank you. Well, I respectfully and firmly disagree. Look, I'm not a man of the law. I care not if you lift a few gold pieces from a few unsuspecting pockets. But when I see a person trying to play a part in this grand stage we call life, without every pore in their body oozing dedication, I cannot stand by idly. You may be quick with your hands and quick with your wits, and that may have served you well in your potentially less than reputable conquest up until now. (laughs) But if you're going to try and put on a ruse like this in my town, you've got to know how to sell it. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I hear the words that you're saying, yes. He stares you directly in the face. His expression doesn't change at all. He goes, do you hear what I'm saying to you? Yes, I do. And he sighs. Come with me. You have much to learn. And he <laughs> basically grabs you by the shoulder and starts walking, not really giving you a chance to, to say no. Fantastic. And off you walk uh, down the street. Incredible. Oh, and he stops and he goes, wait, did I tell you my name? I believe it was something along the lines of Illuminated Home. Is that a joke? Are you doing comedy? Is this satire? The lowest form of entertainment. No. <laughs> it's more of a belittling play on words, but uh, I'll take it. Hmm, puns, also very low. My name is Talent Lighthouse, and you will come with me immediately. 
Talent Lighthouse. And off Jared and Talent go down the street. Val, now that you are fixed, what are you doing? So, a couple hours later, because Val was still in the closet with the door closed and the lights off, just idling, right? Mm-hmm. In standby mode. And then at a certain point, Val turns on and then casually leaves. Nothing really special. So, cut forward to, say, around 10, 10.30 a.m., Okay. Where now the town has lots of people in it, bustling, walking back and forth. The streets are busy. On one of the street corners, Val is out there with a handful of flyers in their hand, still trying to get people to come to the discotheque. And when a passerby happens to walk by, Val gives them a flyer and says, Hello. And then the next person, flyer. Hello. And the next person, flyer. Hello. And just doing that. Okay. So you're passing these to people. Some of them take them and they kind of look at you strangely, like they're confused, like they don't really, haven't really seen anything like you before. A couple of people take them and they they nod politely and they move on. This is a kind of a polite town. Or is it? Because a few people take your flyers and they look at them and they just go, and they just throw them in the air. Um, one such individual is walking by and takes your flyer and looks at it and looks at you. And he's like, what is this? Let's get this party started. And then Val's shoulder, this music's not very loud, but as the music's playing, Val's shoulders kind of gestate up and down, sort of groove into the, the beat. This person is a, a half-elf, and they're wearing uh, a brown vest, but no shirt underneath. And they've got uh, some tattoos on their arms, kind of a, some scars on their chest, they're missing a few teeth. This looks like a rough customer. What are you doing here, robot? Greetings. I am a variance alpha psionic Altonian lexotransceiver unit, model number XFCED001. But you can call me Val for short. It's great to meet you. Trying to bring your, your dancing big city ways to my town? Is that what this is? How can I help you today? You can Don't get worry. The... You can trust me. Well, I'm friendly and approachable. You can let me talk is one way. You can... Sure you can... thing. Sure thing. Val's excited because this is the first quote-unquote customer that Val's interacted with all day. He crumbles up the flyer and he throws it at your glass dome. What you think of that? Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It can be some more ouches in your future if you don't get out of my town right now, robot. Val <laughs> pauses. Now remember, Val's glass dome is orange this whole time. That's the normal idle state of Val. The glass dome, after he says that, turns red. Val, echo leader one to all units. Advance forward and attack the enemy. Show no mercy. Take no prisoners. Kill them all. And Val is starting to <laughs> shake. Like like a, a ticking bomb that's about to go off and slowly gets closer and closer to this guy. This guy's his... eyes go wide and starts backing up like, well, hang, hang on now. Um, what just happened? Hello, hello, hello. And then Val goes to reach for a flyer and hands the guy a flyer. When you t- reach for a flyer, he says, um, he's got a weapon and drops to the floor and covers his head. Does anybody else or is it just him? A couple other people kind of kind of gasp and, and back up, but then they look at you and they see you're not actually doing anything. I turn to sort of face everyone and I say, Don't worry, you can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable. <laughs> and as this guy is on the ground covering up and, and still cowering, he kind of opens one eye and looks around and realizes there's no danger and looks like, and now realizes he's looking like a fool. And he stands up and brushes himself off. He's like, was that a trick? 
You making fun of me? Uh, Val's glass dome turns a green color. And now it's... Oh, dear. No, thank you. And this guy walks forward, Val, and he pushes you. He goes, what do you think of that? So, guy pushes Val. Ouch. The guy goes to push Val again. And then... Ouch. And then as the guy goes to shove Val a third time, Val casts Hold Person on him. It works. This guy's got no... Okay. This guy sucks. So... Okay. So... If you think about what you would look like as you're sort of putting all of your weight to pushing something, and at the very farthest extent that your arms are out, your sort of center of gravity is forward, he's frozen there. So he can't really stand up on his own, so he's just kind of frozen that way. And as he falls forward to fall on his face with his arms stretched out, Val swoops down, grabs one of his arms, and kind of twists it and kind of pushes it and pulls it from one side to the other side, spinning him in a spinning motion at which point val then hits Let's the drop the base and now basically this guy is involuntarily breakdancing in the middle of the street <laughs> he can't he can't control it he can i guess suppose he can talk at that point but his body is frozen in that motion and val's constantly sort of like Think of like somebody who's like spinning a, a basketball on their finger, right? You want to keep tapping the basketball to make sure that it stays on your finger. Val is just kind of keeping the spinning motion going with this guy. And he's flipping and, and swirling and doing every which way and probably not good on his joints, but he's still going and the music is going and the music is pumping. And by that point, people start kind of noticing and you start getting a crowd going around. There might as well be a piece of cardboard underneath him because this is a show now that's going on. Yeah, people are into it. Yeah. No no one seems to be concerned about helping this guy. Um they're they're into this. It could be part of the act. I mean, I'm not hitting him. He's just dancing, you know. Yeah, there's a crowd of people uh who have now encircled this scene and some of them are kind of clapping along in rhythm to the music of the drop the bass music. Uh and they're and they're loving this. No one seems to care much for this guy who's kind of a, a turd obviously. And uh they're eating it up. It's you're a hit. So one hand is spinning this guy while the other hand goes upward and casts pyrotechnics. So now it becomes some, uh, there's sort of fireworks going off around this guy while the music is going. It's a full on show. This is entertainment. This is something that Val has learned from DJ to just get the party going. To make people break dance? Yeah. And okay. just, no, well, not against this guy, but to, to be entertaining for the whole crowd. So it's a light show. This guy's dancing. There's music going. And then Val then grabs all of the flyers and just chucks them up in the air. So now it's raining flyers for the discotheque. People are a little less stoked on the flyers as they are for the show, but some of them take them and they go, oh, all right. Well, you know, it's kind of far, but you know, all right. Um, and yeah, eventually they kind of grab the flyers, the flyers rain down and the crowd kind of uh, dissipates as this show seems to wind down. Uh, do you do you let this punk kid go free? Yeah, I eventually stop. I stop him trying to get him in that pose where, you know, we're like breakdancers stop and they're sort of leaning on one one elbow. Yeah, I try to do that. It doesn't really look very good. He kind of tips over and I say, thank you for your assistance. You've been a great help. <laughs> so long. And then I just start walking away. He's he, still paralyzed. Is he? He's still frozen. But I just start walking away from him. One of the people in the crowd uh, doesn't dissipate. And it's uh, it's a human dude. He's uh, in his late 20s. He's got kind of uh, like a buzz cut of blonde hair. And I uh, got a few scars on his cheek and he walks over and he's like, Hey, Hey, spist. hello, spist, come here. 
How can I help you today? Hey, are you one of them? And he leans in close, kind of like to be conspiratorial or, or quiet. He's like, are you one of them battle bots? Val, uh, shoulders go left, right, and then back facing this person and says, I'm afraid that information is not available at the moment. Greetings. I am a variant Alpha Psionic Altonian Lexotransceiver Unit, model number XFCED001. He's not. But you can call me Val for short. It's great to meet you. I think you're one of them battle pods. I don't know what that whole dance party thing was, but you're a dangerous thing, aren't you? Oh my goodness. Oh dear. No, thank you. How are you, uh, how are you with a blade? Don't worry. You can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable. Do you want to, can I ask you to come with me? And can we, can we hang out? Sure thing. And he holds his hand out. He goes, I, I got that you're, you're Val, right? Don't, Greetings. Don't, oh, okay. I, I knew, I knew better. That's on me. Honestly, that's on me and I will own that. I will own him to my error in this instance. But you can call me Val for short. It's great to meet you. My name is Neck Questionnaire, and I would love for you to come with me. Sure thing. Where do you come up with these names, Daniel Barkley? You are in Nowntown. No one has bothered to ask why it's called Nowntown. <laughs> but everyone in this town has a noun name. Uh, so Got it. Stephanie, what are you up to? I went and found some sort of park here in town, and okay. I kind of have the necklace from, that we found in what's her name's uh, trunk, Barrymore. right? Barrymore. Um, so I have that, and I'm just kind of um, looking at it and trying to piece things together, and um, just kind of remembering the last time that I left. So yeah, you find uh, a small park on uh, sort of the outskirts of town. It's not a very green area. It's like a lot of farmland, a lot of Old West kind of aesthetics. But there is a small uh, small park. It's got some grass. It's got a nice little fountain in the middle, a few benches around. And as you're kind of just focusing on your own, your own inner thoughts or whatever, you realize that someone's trying to get your attention and maybe has been for a second. Like you kind of just see like in your peripheral vision, like a hand kind of waving. I look over at them. Uh, it's Dr. Pizza, the blacksmith, the the dwarf. And he's like, hey, hey there, you you all right? Uh, hi. Hi. Yes. Yeah. Hi, I'm I'm okay. I'm fine. Yes, thank you. Good to see you again. It looks like you maybe uh, are a little bit more uh, calm today. Is that is that okay to say? Is that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you so much for your help yesterday. Um, I don't know how I would have been able to act under pressure without i don't even know if i would have been able to help val without you so um i appreciate your help well sure it's, it's my pleasure I, I chip i chipped in when i could but it feels like you know you you and your friends got a good good repertoire or that's not the right word a good rapport i think that's the right <laughs> word uh you know i know nouns it's where i'm from so yeah that, that was it was cool to see y'all work together but you uh you seemed a little uh, uh frazzled by, by all that are, are, are you all right now um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, thinking, just got a lot of thinking, really. I'm not really good at it, but I'm doing it. Here I am. Hi. Yeah, you know, I mean, you did a good job, but, um, have you ever thought about, uh, you know, trying to, trying to get your, um, you know, your focus? Uh, do you, do you, do you do any, uh, any meditating? Um, you know, I, I used to, um, but I haven't really done a lot of that lately. Hmm. Not a lot. He nods. 
Well, and he kind of looks around. Not a lot of folks uh, know this, but uh, your, your friend Dr. Pizza here, uh, I, I do some I do some meditating. Uh, I, I like it. It kind of keeps me keeps me centered and focused and helps me focus on my work. Um, if if you want, if you think it would help, maybe I can like show you some of my tricks and maybe help you, uh, you know. I mean, I, I don't mean to pry, but, you know, if you used to do it and stopped, maybe there's a reason. So I don't really want to, you know, impede on that. But, uh, you know, uh, might help you calm down if you're feeling stressed sometimes. Would that be, would that be all right? Uh, Stephanie kind of remembers back when she was doing her training uh, to be the chosen one or whatever. Um, meditation was was a part of her uh, her daily routine and, you know, the whole thing, like meditate by a waterfall or all these nature sounds and everybody was just quiet and it was really uncomfortable because even in the quiet, people were kind of like just focusing on her. And so... Um, so she's right now thinking about that, but she also remembers that nobody knows who the fuck she is here. So she looks at uh, Dr. Pizza, Doc Pizza, and um, was that Borat? She says <laughs> 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 it was. It was a soft Borat. It wasn't a. It wasn't a hard Borat. It was a it soft, was a soft Borat. Borat. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so she she says, you know what? I think that would be really great, actually. That would be really helpful. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad you think so. I think I think it'd be really helpful to you. Uh, why don't you come by my shop in uh, in a few hours uh, after I close this evening, and um, we'll uh, maybe we'll have a session. That sounds good. That sounds. You know what? That's that's the perfect place to do it too. You know, when I did a, po- okay, I'm talking a lot. Um, I will see you there. Yeah, you know, I'm people are. I, I'm not. I'm not great with the whole. I'll see you tonight. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> As Dr. Pizza walks back into downtown Namtown, happily whistling a tune as he goes, he strolls right past the modest two-story building that serves as City Hall. The camera pans up from the blacksmith, and we see Mayor Cadillac Margarita standing at a large window, holding the blinds open with one hand to watch his citizens, and twirling his white mustache with the other. There's a polite knock at his door, to which he responds, Well, come on in, then. Through the door comes his assistant, a young female gnome named Kayak Windowsill, holding a manila folder in her hand. She steps to the center of the room and then stops, waiting for the mayor to address her as if they've gone through this process hundreds of times before. Without turning around or taking his hand off his mustache, Cadillac speaks. Any news about my real estate agents or my deputies? Kayak looks down briefly, then takes a quick breath and looks back up to respond. No, sir. Cadillac lets out a combination of a grunt and a sigh, then reaches into a pocket and takes out a kerchief to dab the sweat forming on his forehead. <sighs> Anything else, then? Kayak takes a few steps forward and places the folder on the mayor's desk, then walks back to the center of the room before speaking. I think we found what you were looking for. Cadillac spins around, eyes wide, a sly grin on his face, and kerchief still at his temple. Well, did we now? He approaches the desk and opens the folder, quickly but intently rifling through the papers inside. The camera can't quite make out exactly what he's looking at, but they appear to be handwritten pages pulled out of some kind of journal, as well as a few drawings of varying quality, as if some were done by professionals and some were done by children. After a moment, the mayor looks up, his grin now spread from ear to ear. I knew there was something familiar about those newcomers. 
This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit thenostalgianetwork.com for more. Don't you hate when you're watching one of your favorite movies and think, whoa, that didn't age well? Or when you see a reboot of your childhood fave and think, did we really need this? Honestly, same. same. That's why we started the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. That's Jessica Tercero. And that's Eric Lefebvre. Come join us for our bi-weekly conversations about pop culture reboots centered around things like The patriarchy Systemic racism Harmful stereotypes and overgeneralizations And really just distinguishing when people just need to sit this one out. Listen in on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. That's Nostalgia, spelled N-O-T-S-T-A-L-G-I-A. Get it? Not Nostalgia. Like nostalgia, but with an extra T, so it's like not Nostalgia. <laughs> follow us for fun, critical conversations about media. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye! Bye!